This episode of the NMBD podcast is sponsored by Capital.com. Capital.com is one of Europe's fastest growing regulated investment trading platforms. They enable people to confidently participate in financial markets by taking the complexity out of investing with secure, low friction, innovative platforms. The No Money But Dreams podcast is for those millennial dreamers who try to be in the top 1%. It doesn't matter what we've achieved. We wake up every morning with the mindset that we're still broke. We welcome you on our journey in search of that home run. Which can change everything. Everything? Everything. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the NMDB podcast. Today, what are we going to be talking about? Today, we're going to be talking about the proverbial bigger carrot and how it applies in the corporate life and also how it's also applicable in the entrepreneurial life and entrepreneurial workflow as well. So what is the bigger carrot, Tarek? Is it a new promotion, or maybe it's a salary increase, or a bigger paycheck? There's so many different ways of describing this proverbial bigger carrot, but I think in one way or another, we can say it's opportunity. So Tarek, you're a C-level executive, I know you have entrepreneurial ambition inside of you because we've been on some entrepreneurial journeys together and you know it very, very well. But why are you still working in your corporate job? Why are you still working for somebody else? And what large carrots (laughs) have been dangled in front of you in order for you to kind of be where you are right now? So before we go into this, let's get into your uh, bigger carrots. Every time you get a little bit bored, You get slightly off track and you start thinking about other opportunities instead of focusing on your main business. I am not going to say that I'm not guilty of that and I can't help myself, but I think that's similar with both of us in a lot of ways. And I have to say that the bigger carrot for both of us is, is a bit of a curse. It's a curse. So Alex, explain to me, why do you get tempted? Why do you start chasing bigger carrots? To be honest with you, Tarek, the reason why I get tempted, and especially in work, it's kind of when I become quite comfortable and I feel that work is not necessarily challenging me like it was before. And when you're in a position when you're working for yourself, you actually do have a lot of time and don't have a lot of time. You have a lot of time in the sense that you can look at other opportunities or choose how to allocate your time. However, you need to balance the fact of looking at opportunities versus what's actually paying the bills, which is your core business, in this case, Burger 28. But temptation is there because at the end of the day, like the premise of this podcast, the no, uh, no money but dreams mentality, the ethos of it is that we're just never, ever completely content with what we have. The grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah, chasing opportunities and chasing a bigger carrot is definitely something that I can relate to. And um, it happens all the time. You're at work and you start thinking about new ideas and things that uh, you could be doing with your time. And sometimes you just have to remember what actually does pay the bills. And we're going to get back into that. I think what's interesting is uh, throughout my career and throughout our time kind of uh, chasing dreams together for the last five years... Um, we've had a few of these opportunities and it would be interesting to go into, you know, what have they looked like and um, why am I still employed? Why am I not chasing these dreams? I don't think it's fair that you don't actually chase the dreams. You do chase the dreams. But every single time you say, that's it, I've had enough. 
I'm going to actually, you know, take the jump and be my own boss and start my own thing 100%. There's always a moment or a situation where somebody dangles a larger carrot in front of you and, and you kind of stay exactly where you are. Uh, I think what I need to clarify or what I would like to clarify is how do you think that the bigger carrot is different in the corporate world? How is it different in the entrepreneurial world? And all right, let, let me talk about the corporate one, you about the entrepreneurial one. Go for it, man. So uh, in the corporate one, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, uh, you wake up, you you kind of get employed, and you know that you need to do X to get to a new job or a promotion that gives you a slightly bigger carrot, right? And That being a bigger paycheck or a title or something like that. Exactly. And you do everything to try and get there. And I've been playing this corporate game now for a good 10 years. And I went from entry level to uh, kind of regional CEO, and now I've got global responsibilities. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you are. It's always people in the corporate world, they will be able to relate to this. Um, they are looking for a slightly better uh, position for, for themselves. How does it look like in the, in, the corp, uh, in, in the entrepreneurial world? Before we go into that, Tark, can you just tell us a bit of how you think you were able to grow your carrot in the corporate world? I mean, you're underselling yourself there, but really you started from the bottom and have worked your way up in the financial brokerage world to, I mean, I know the kind of work you're exposed to these days and, and it really is impressive. Are there any tips that you could give people in your opinion? I mean, for me, it was all about, um, you know, I started out in London. Um, I soaked up as much information as I could. And when I moved out here to Dubai uh, almost seven years ago now, um, the first 18 to 24 months, I did four jobs at the same time and no one asked me to. It wasn't in my job description. I just took on as much responsibility as I could. And that I, I was really able to do that because I had a, I had a mentor or a boss that let me uh, expose myself to as much as I wanted. And that was a learning curve that was just amazing. And when the time came, I was supposed to take over from him. I didn't get the job. I left the company, but within a four months, I had four offers. Uh, sorry, within a month, I had four offers um, to take on a, a regional CEO job. And that, uh, you know, from kind of entry level to becoming a regional CEO in three to five years, was, was an amazing opportunity and an amazing learning curve. And I only achieved this uh, because I did a lot more than what was asked of me. And I think that is one of the but things... Just, just to butt in there, I do have a lot of friends working in the corporate world and they sometimes feel that when they try and do more than their job description or more than what they should actually be doing in the minds of their superiors, it actually can be counter-beneficial for them in the organization how would you deal with that i know you're somebody who just says you know what i'm gonna go get it i don't care what other people's uh, other people think as long as this is for the benefit of the organization yeah i mean uh, you answered my question yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day yeah that's exactly what i do i don't really care about uh, what superiors think and uh, i've step, uh, stepped on many people's toes because of that like yesterday uh, but the, the the thing that is important for me is that you know at the end of the day you're the maker of your own career and whether it works in that organization or whether you have to take your talent somewhere else 
that's to be seen. If someone doesn't appreciate you for all the things that you're doing, then you have to change your situation, right? If you're a strong candidate and if you're delivering value, other people will see that value in you. And you just have to make that difficult decision uh, to, to jump ship. It wasn't easy for me because if you put your heart into it for two years and you grind every single day and you do everything for that organization just to be told that you're not good enough and we're not going to give you the job, that was, you know, crushing. And of course. that was a big learning curve for me and I just had to go somewhere else. But, you know, once you know what you're talking about, someone else will give you a chance. Uh, yeah, I you really have to that. know your self-worth. You have to know your value. And if you are truly comfortable with your value and you know what you can bring to the organization, then if this organization is not going to accept you and not going to pay for it, then somebody else will. But you have to have that conviction, I think. Exactly. And you have to deliver results, right? It, it's, it's exactly. Based it's on a numbers game at the end of the day. If exactly. you're making money, then everybody's happy when you're not. And similar to entrepreneurship, kind of, except you're the one who's happy and you're the one who's not happy at the same time. All right. Enough about me. Sure. Tell us, uh, tell us about you, and tell us about you know um, the carrots that uh, exist in the entrepreneurship world, and um, how you started from scratch and and where you got to now. Well, I think the first, the first point I want to bring up is, and we've had this discussion before when we decided that we wanted to talk about this, and one of the four episodes we started off, and in entrepreneurship you actually don't get given a carrot the first day you walk into work. So when you got your job, you got given your carrot, which is however size you want it to be or whatever your office space was or however you want to describe it. And they tell you if you do A, B, C, D, F, G, it could get a little bigger. You could grow it just a little bigger. In entrepreneurship, you don't get given that. The way or metaphor which I see it is that you need to grow it from scratch. So what does that mean? That means that you need to obviously identify an opportunity. That's super important. And generally, you're solving a problem. And then you need to assess how big is that market? Is it worth entering, investing into this market to take advantage of this problem? And then you got to put a, bus a business plan together. I actually put a really, really big business plan together for Burger 28 and quickly after a few months was just out the door but you can never really predict exactly what's going to happen in business but it's it good. was a it was a good thinking exercise to it's, understand you exactly. know what you're getting into it's a good thinking exercise and I think it's similar in the strategy which you employed thinking about how do I build value for myself as Tarek within this mm -hmm. organization before you get into your organization that you're creating if you don't have a plan it's difficult to see where your value actually lies and you can get lost really mm -hmm. quickly. The last two things you need to do when you're trying to create your own carrot is obviously raise capital. It's very difficult to make money if you don't have money. So there's always family and friends or money that you have, or obviously you can go to investors. And then the last thing is, is once you've grown your carrot, if there's proof of concept and it's working, then just invest and go all in and try and grow it as big as you can. And I think the biggest difference between the corporate carrot and the entrepreneurial carrot is as an entrepreneur, you don't actually know how big your carrot can get. There's actually a limit for you. You could become the CEO of the company, but regardless, you know that that's the end point. That's as big as it's going to get. And I think that I wake up every morning excited to go to work because I don't necessarily know how much money I'm going to make at the end of the month. And that That is super exciting. And every single decision I make every single day like directly impacts my own benefit. And I think that that's super liberating.
And I, you know this. I don't know if the listeners do that. I've actually never worked for anybody in my life. Um, I've always been hustling or growing my own carrots, however you want to talk about it, since uh, we left business school together in the UK. Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of a value of uh, what you've just described, but we stayed uh, pretty theoretical. And uh, I want to I wanna get into uh, two or three kind of examples. And, and this kind of brings our story together. Yeah. Um, where, you know, I've tried to escape. I've tried to escape the corporate <laughs> I'm world. I'm locked up. <laughs> they won't let me out. Exactly. Um, I've tried to escape and I've stayed put. But we've been on some amazing rides. And uh, I, I think going through that and kind of talking about how you can still be in a in a corporate world but it doesn't mean that you have to let your dreams uh, kind of park your dreams and not go after them and this is kind of where i'm probably a little bit different to a lot of people that are in the in the corporate world is that i try to chase my dreams and it doesn't matter what i do day to day i'm still going to go after them um so let's bring it uh, together and and talk about driven our kind of first adventure um, when we had a lunch in Dubai five years ago and decided we wanted to do something together and I pitched you, I pitched you an idea. Do you want to say the idea or should I say the idea? Go, go, go for it. Right. So the idea for Driven was what would it be like if somebody made money with your car when you were not using it? That was the first thing Tarek said to me. I'm sitting there eating my burrata or whatever it was. It was at LPM. It was kind of fancy. I'm not going to lie. And I I was like, that's a brilliant idea. Can you elaborate a bit more into it? And then, yeah. Yeah. So the idea was to partner you with a driver. The driver takes you to work. And whilst you're at work, uses your car to deliver packages or do Uber, pay for himself and pay you something for using his car. So uh, instead of having a depreciating asset, you now have a driver. You have a lot more time, um, you and you get money for for your car. So that was the the original idea, and you know we can talk about the idea, but th- that's that's not the point of it. I think you know we we thought there was value in it, and then we went on a ride that was just ridiculous. That I had never been, and I would have never thought that this is possible. So over the next uh, six months, yeah, uh, we went from you know having but first. This- I mean, first we like whipped out a laptop, and we're just searching, thinking. Firstly, has anybody done this before? And we had found that nobody had done it. And then we thought, okay, where's the best place to do this? So we googled all the different places in the U.S., all the different cities. Where's the longest commute? Where is it the most stressful? Or where are the biggest pain points associated with commuting or being in the car and things like that? And then we narrowed it down to L.A. Yeah, LA is the most congested city, over an hour commute each way on average. Um, if you've been on the 110 or the 105, it's uh, it's mental. Um, so yeah, and what, what happened next? I mean, we went from... Theory on laptops at your apartment in Dubai to in LA on the 110, stuck in traffic for three hours and said, you know what, this is a huge problem. Tr- trying to make it to a Lakers game. <laughs> exactly. Trying to make it to a Lakers game. Spot on. Yeah. Um, and that really, you know, when you have an idea and where you can just use your laptop and start making connect, like we didn't know anyone in Silicon Valley. No, we had no connections. We had to- one friend in LA who, thank you, Darnie, allowed us to stay in her place every single time for free. <laughs> Uh, and gave us a, a shelter 
Yes. And we, we didn't know anyone. We didn't know anyone in tech. We didn't know anyone in the VC world. We just had a dream to try and make this happen. And over the next six months, we went something like six times. Um, we met three leading Silicon Valley VCs. Yeah. Um, we went to Europe on a, on a roadshow to try and raise money. Um, and I mean, the end point, what we got to was a guy saying, let's do it. You guys need to move here tomorrow and don't look yeah, back. Yeah, just just don't go back. Just stay here. And and that was the wake up call. And that I just guess. shows you how Silicon Valley is so much more advanced than any other kind of ecosystem. Uh, I know it's changing, people are moving to other places, but at the time it was it was just crazy. Uh when someone tells you, you know, don't go back. And I was still in my job. You were in a just different... Just about to get married. <laughs> just about to get married and also in a different part of your business. You had two shops at the time. Yeah, only two shops. And you were really um, hands-on. You know, you, you didn't have anyone around you. You, had to, you did all the social media yourself, all the product development yourself. So really, we you were... You had a family. I, I had two small kids. I but only even had... though with all those considerations, we did have to sit down and be like, okay, pros and cons. <laughs> what will Tracy say if we have to move here? I was like, will Dina still marry me if I say we move to LA? So yeah. And we and had gotten that far that exactly. it was definitely when we walked out of that apartment, we were like, we can make this work, right? We could move here. Does it make sense? And and what like for me, I mean, we should both say why we kind of dropped it, even though we were that close. For me, it was, you know, realizing that I didn't really have any other income but my job yeah you didn't have any other income streams that you could say you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna seize this opportunity exactly and i didn't want to be in a position where i had to take money out of a new venture that could potentially work and could not work right yeah and what was it for you for me um it was definitely that i was a huge micromanager i wanted to be involved in absolutely every single thing that was going on in my business when I was on the ground, but obviously in LA with such a long time difference. And I mean, when you wake up, the people are about to go to sleep. I mean, it's to that degree. It even puts a strain on your relationship. <laughs> you can't talk to your wife or your girlfriend yeah. or whoever it is. There was that. I was micromanaging everything. I didn't really have a proper succession plan. So one way or another, I kind of, kind of was the same as being employed. I couldn't actually just step away and still have the money being made, you know? So that was a big eye opener for me that if I want to be able to take advantage of new opportunities, same as if you want to take advantage of new opportunities, then I need to create a business which is sustainable if I were to sit back. And moving on now, we're what, how many years down the line? Two years down the line? Yeah, it then? was before COVID, it was 2019 probably. So that was before COVID-19 mm. and we came together and we decided that obviously I need to expand my business because there's no way I'm going to be able to afford the caliber of, <clears throat> sorry, there's no way that I'm going to be able to afford the caliber of person who can take off all the strain from my business with only two stores. Mm. And you came along obviously realizing that you need some sort of passive income and said, you know what, let's do, let's let's expand burger 28 together and that's what we did over the past it, two and years. it was it, it was funny how how it happened like we came back from la kind of deflated that we're not doing it and then over the next six months we were just messing around with different kinds i of still ideas. remember i don't know where we were we were on i don't know if it was the david goggins drive 
Oh, shit. we'll bring that up after. <laughs> but uh, OK, no, let's bring it up now. So so he didn't know anything about David Goggins. I don't know if you guys have listened to him, but this guy is extremely incredible. And he has a book. And I was at the time listening to audiobooks, And I was like, you know what? We had been listening to Dino and listening to all the music that we were listening to. Uh, I think we're coming from San Francisco to L.A. No, no, we were LA from to San Francisco. Yes. OK, from L.A. to San Francisco. And we're on the Pacific One Highway. And I'm like, I'm just going to put on this audio book. All right. And we had planned to stop somewhere. Like, no, no, we had just stopped. We, we, we had was. dinner in Santa Barbara. Yes. That and was it was time to switch. Alex had driven from L.A. to Santa Barbara. It was time to switch. I got in the car and it was something like a, another five hours to, to San Francisco to the hotel. And we were pitching a VC the next day. And anyways, Alex kind of dozes off and I'm, I'm starting. And he had put this David Goggins on. And I'm like, I start, start listening. And next, I thing wake you know, up and we're in. <laughs> we're five hours later. I wake up and we're in San Francisco. He's like, bro, I couldn't stop driving, man. Like this guy had got me so excited and so pumped, I just couldn't. Exactly. I was like, damn. Anyways, go. Sorry, we, so we this, went on a tangent. Yeah, yeah, we 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 went slightly off track. I think this kind of summarizes the first kind of adventure where I really tried to get out and where I was this close to kind of pursuing um, a really cool idea. Um, and I didn't. And the next time uh, this happened, I was in a completely different uh, position. We had expanded uh, the, the business, your business together. All of a sudden, I had, you know, a passive income stream. Um, and I was in a very, very fortunate position that in theory, I didn't actually need a job anymore. In theory, I could now spend my time like I want to. And I had been messing around with another idea uh, I, I want to open a bank. Uh, sounds a bit crazy, but uh, a, a bank that does something completely different to, to um, how banks operate right now and how all the new banks are coming up. And um, I started speaking to investors. I had 14 people that want to put money down and I was ready to go again. Ready to pull that trigger. Ready to pull the Second trigger. Second time. And I was like, let's do it. Exactly. Um, and then? There was this beautiful cat. <laughs> yeah. And then it happens, as it always happens, a bigger carrot gets But I think it. this, I don't know if you want to go into details about it or not, but this situation, no one, this is the biggest carrot that anyone could ever offer you in the corporate world, no? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was very fortunate. Um, as life happens, you know, when you're not chasing something and it somehow works out like that that someone approached me and they said, you know, we want to work with you and just write a number on a piece of paper <laughs> and let's go. And that was, you know, that, that was crazy. And it, it wasn't so much the, the money uh, that, that was the interesting part. But to me, you know, I've been in the brokerage world now for over 10 years. And I've worked for a number of different providers. And this, um, this company, my, my, you know, the company I currently work for, Capital.com, yeah, I mean, uh, what happened was a blank sheet of paper, write any number and come and work for us and help us grow the business, which is, it's a crazy character to kind of get put in front of you. I didn't even know what, what, what to do at that moment, right? Um, but it wasn't about the money. For me, it was about, you know, what what is this company doing? And if I now look back at kind of like the last few months that I've been working for them, I've, I've learned more um in that time frame that i had learned in in five years before it's it's yeah. inspiring how 
people think in a completely different way and want to reinvent something and, and disrupt an industry that has been there for a while. And that, for me, that combination has kind of um, kept me where I am. But at the same time, you know, uh, and and the founders know this. And, and this is like liberating to me that for the first time, I can put all my energy into trying to make this business better. But at the same time, I'm still going to be thinking, I'm still going to be exploring other things. And yeah, and that's know, fine. We're on a, we're on a, I'm, I'm on a day off today. You know, it's the weekend and we're recording this podcast and yeah. no one will have a problem with that. I, I'm, I'm not going to shy away from uh, chasing other kind of opportunities. Um, but I'm still going to do everything that I can to make that business uh, a complete success and to learn as much as I can uh, in, in, in the time for the time being. For sure. I think it wasn't the money, but it was someone actually seeing that your value is unlimited. And, I, and that is, I mean, even in, if someone were to invest in Burger 28 and say, here's how much do you think your business is worth? Like write it on the back of a piece of paper and I'll pay it. That's when you've almost reached like the pinnacle of what you could achieve in your industry. I mean, this person sees so much value in what I can bring to the table that it's literally a blank piece of paper. And, and how can you, if someone has that much conviction inside of you and that and believes in you that much, how can you say, you know what, I'm not going to come and I'm not going to try and grow this business with you? I mean, I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, I mean, uh, the funny thing is I actually had an offer from them like a few years back when yeah, they I were know. just a, a startup. And at that point, I didn't I didn't join them. And for someone to come back and say, hey, what you've done in the meantime is actually really cool. And for me to look at them and say, man, what you have Same achieved with you. Yeah. is crazy in that period of time. That that's uh, I mean, I actually know. used the app yesterday for the first time and it's incredible. Yeah, so... Um, you know, for me, it, it just worked out on, on a number of different levels. And I think we should now, uh, you know, these are two kind of ideas that we had where I was really close. And um, honestly, like I, I went down the path of getting lawyers and setting up a company and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I still stayed put. And that bigger carrot, um, you know, was really powerful and i couldn't get out and for you i know that on the on your side whenever you get bored or whenever you start looking at other things um you kind of pull yourself back and this is where we kind of gonna go into the conclusion and what we think people should take away from this is you know the grass is always greener on the other side that's for sure you know for me it looks like amazing that you don't have anyone telling you what to do and, and for me, it's amazing that you actually guaranteed a salary at the end of the month. Yeah, especially when it was pandemic. Oh, my God. <laughs> and your business just, you know, took a took a large hit. Nosedive. Yeah, exactly. So the grass is always greener on the other side. And you really have to think about what carrot do you want to chase? And I think I, I've had a number of different ideas. I've mentioned two. And we have know, ideas all the time, though. It's, yeah, it's but, never ending. But, you know, the older you get and the more experience you get, the more thought you put into, OK, should I be chasing this? Should I not be chasing this? And I don't know if this is a good thing or not. Um, you know, when you're 20 and you don't have any kind of responsibilities, it's, it's fine for you to just leave. But it's definitely I, much easier. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, that's what a lot of people use as excuses. And you don't get anywhere if you're just saying, oh, it's going to be hard and, you know, it doesn't make sense. And it's all about risk and reward. 
you know what yeah. what you're risking the reward on the other side you know is is worth it um is worth it in a, in a lot of different cases i mean look at you you're you're successful you never had to work for anyone so the grass is always greener on the other side is is definitely something and maybe you want to you want to quote uh, or, or i quote I'll, well, he's I'll, your man dude <laughs> I'll, i'll quote lebron uh, and i don't know if he came up with this but um you know it's stuck in my in my head keep the main thing the main thing yep amen and keeping the main thing the main thing means for me keeping the job the main thing i i gotta invest time and effort into making my job work so that i get paid at the end of the month what does it mean to you the main thing for me is to obviously stay focused on burger 28 as much as i can because at the end of the day that's where i've had the most success and that's where i'm expert in my field so yes i can look at other opportunities i can be tempted by other opportunities But those other opportunities should not overtake what's paying the bills and, that, and what actually has worked every single time. And we, we went through a learning curve uh, when we were doing Driven and for six months we were thinking about Driven every single day, 24-7. Your business suffered. Yep. My, my performance at the time certainly suffered. Yeah. Um, so you got to keep the main thing the main thing. 100%. Grass always green on the other side. Keep the main thing the main thing. Is there anything else uh, that, that we want to get across? Never stop chasing your dreams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in theory, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing, but don't look, don't stop looking. Yeah, and never. Just because you're keeping the main thing, the main thing doesn't mean you shouldn't be looking for those other opportunities and you should, shouldn't be chasing those dreams. You just got to balance it out. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and staying to the end. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Stay tuned, follow us, subscribe. We'll be dealing with a lot of more other really interesting topics around investments, entrepreneurship, growing in the corporate world, and really hope that you were able to take something today. Peace. Peace.